Welcome back to this week's news and information for all things purgatory. Consider this your seasonal reminder to separate your cans and bottles and get them out street side Friday mornings. Dave and Rufus come around for pickup with their dump truck and they drive those bottles and cans over into the city to trade in at the Redemption Center. That truck full of nickels and dimes accounts for up to 15% of the purgatory waste removal budget. Also, if you've got a spare minute or two for the next few weeks and you see the guys outside, hop over and give them a hand. Rufus has a busted elbow from some overzealous sledding, so he'll appreciate the help. In addition, you can set out buckets of compostables on Thursdays, along with furniture and appliances, even if they aren't in working order. The compostables go to the community garden for everyone's use, and the boys bring the other items over to Danielle Coincrest. She's basically a wizard. She gets everything fixed up or repurposed into parts and then throws it up on eBay and splits her profits 70-30 with purgatory waste and reclamation. Boom. That is another 35% of the waste budget. Plus, Danielle single-handedly sponsors the January Adult Recreational Roller Derby Trasham and Basham Tournament, so don't go throwing your old toasters and clock radios into your regular garbage. You know what? I love Danielle's stuff. I mean, the refinished dressers and blenders and stuff are nice, yeah, and uh, you're going to get a great price for sure. But her repurposed art pieces are where she really shines. She's got an eye for beauty. I've got a yard rooster she made out of some bed springs, a bunch of rusted silverware, and a Tom Selleck decorative plate. And I'll tell you what, it makes me smile every time I step into the garden to water down my green zebra tomatoes. It spooks the crows away, and I'll tell you, sometimes when the light glints off the plate just right, it looks like Tom's winking at you. And sure, the garden doesn't need a scarecrow out there all year round, but I keep it up because I know all winter Tom's going to be out there watching over my land, keeping everything in line with his incredible mustache. If you've gone into the post office lately and thought the vibes felt off, you would not be wrong. Calvin Lee and young Scott are in a bit of a standoff over recent postal operations. As you know, the postal routine has remained consistent for years. Calvin drives into the city to pick up all the international mail from our P.O. box, while Young takes a loop around Purgatory to pick up the outgoing mail from the neighborhood drop stations. Then Calvin separates all the incoming mail into neighborhoods, while Young rips the quarters off the outgoing mail and throws on a stamp or a sticker, depending on where it's going. Finally, Calvin drives the day's incoming mail to our neighborhood boxes while Young takes all the international outgoing mail into town. All this is running as usual, but tensions in the building are at an all-time high. So why? You see, Calvin has always been a keeper of the postal purse strings, and therefore he has been in charge of buying all of our United States stamps. But recently, Young has come to realize there are as many stamp options as there are colors in the rainbow. 
First, he simply urged Calvin to expand his horizons. Try a flower stamp in the spring, or mix in a a whale, a a whimsical teapot. (laughs) Calvin refused. So last week, Young pocketed a handful of quarters and proudly brought back a roll of St. Nicholas stamps for the holiday season. And since that moment, Calvin has been giving him the silent treatment. When asked about his motivations, Young said, Santa's a jolly guy. I figure a lot of stuff going around right now is holiday cards and letters. So why not make it fun? Stamps seem like a great way to express myself at work. Calvin, however, stresses that the mail system is a public service, and we have no right to express ourselves on other people's formal correspondence. It'd be like putting a cheeky bumper sticker on Stella's minibus because you rode in it one time. I use a standard U.S. forever stamp on all outgoing mail because it exemplifies the most important aspects of our job, dependability, unflinching standards of service, and a complete and total lack of judgment, says Calvin. It doesn't look like the stalemate's going to end anytime soon, so the issue will be mediated at the next public hall to determine the future of our outgoing international post. As always, the quarters you tape to interpurgatory mail are replaced with a scratch-and-sniff fruit sticker because we accidentally misplaced a decimal and ordered 300,000 of them for the 2007 Easter Parade. If you have strong opinions about stamps one way or the other, come on out and make your opinions heard. Calvin and Young both agree to let the will of the people prevail. The Garden Club meets in the library on Monday nights from 6.30 to 8 p.m. They cover a different topic every month, and, as I'm sure you can guess, I'm a full member. I pay my dues on time, and I attend at least 80% of the meetings, so you can imagine my disappointment and betrayal when they announced the winning topic for our January meetings, and I learned we would spend four weeks talking about bonsai. Is this, a, this is a gardening club. Outside gardening. It's bad enough I had to spend April, prime planting time, learning about the care and comfort of succulents and tropical ornamentals. I mean, talk about useless. Yeah, sure, I got a beautiful African candelabra, and I admit I never would have brought a succulent euphorbia into my home on my own. And yes, it is the perfect addition to my dining room, and I named him Gumby, and I put googly eyes on him for comedic effect, and he makes me smile every single day. But still, bonsai? Get out of here. Who has the time to sit and stare and meticulously clip a tiny tree? I don't even have the time to meticulously clip my toenails half of the week, so now I have to groom a plant? <sighs> anyway, the club is always open to new members. And you can sit in for free, but 150 bucks a year means you get to vote on topics and a 70% discount on materials for any of the workshops we do. Which means I'm going to end up with a ding-dang bonsai. <laughs> I don't even have a good spot in my house to put it. It's so stupid. Well, on to better news. Jennifer is here to stay. Everyone's favorite testicle-obsessed goose remains an Abrams Street icon. 
It was widely assumed that as temperatures and hemlines fell, Jennifer would eventually fly off to warmer pastures. However, Kayla Radcliffe, whom you may remember from her interview a few months back, has stated that the time for migration is past. And it has become clear that Jennifer is eyeing a more permanent residence right here in Purgatory. After the announcement was made on the Animal House website, residents quickly came together to ensure Jennifer will have everything she needs for a purgatory winter. They're putting up a small goose house, complete with warming mats, a freeze-proof water feature, and a Wi-Fi hotspot for reasons that are not totally clear. Additionally, donations will be used to provide tie-on private protectors that will be placed at either end of Abram Street now that we know she's here to stay. Donation information is on the website for anyone that would like to help ensure her safety, and any surplus supplies will happily be used over at the Animal House. Wendy Sneed, never missing an opportunity to make our fine-feathered friends look fabulous, has already gotten to work on some goose winter fashion and footwear. (laughs) And before you ask, no. She's not working in Goose Down as a medium. (laughs) That is dystopian. When asked why Jennifer may have made the decision to stay, Kayla responded, It's hard to know exactly why Jennifer has made many of the decisions she's made, but it seems clear she's a woman with strong beliefs and an even stronger beak. Speaking of a woman with a strong beak, let's throw it over to Polly Dietz for traffic and weather. How we looking there, Polly? Winds in the east. Mist coming in. Look, something is brewing about to begin. Really? I can't believe how fast our weather swings. It was beautiful when I came to the radio shed. That is why we keep you around, Polly. Can't put my finger on what lies in store. Okay, well, uh, an educated guess would be fine. But I fear what's to happen. All happened before. Wait, what are we doing here? Chim chimmery, chim chimmery, chim chim chimmery. Okay, okay, Polly, stop. Stop. Hello, hello, what's that mess? No, I know what you're doing. Look, I'm sorry you weren't cast as Bert and Mary Poppins, but you're not a dancer. The bank chairman is a great part for you. He's supposed to be in his 50s. I don't look a day over 48. Tops. That's the magic of theater, though, isn't it? You're telling me? You're telling me about the magic of theater? I created a traffic helicopter from nothing but a tape deck and a dream. That's true. Dick Van Dyke wasn't a dancer either, Davis. You know who he was? Very talented. He was in radio. Radio. And you know who he didn't play in, Mary Poppins? The bank chairman. The bank chairman. That's right. What am I supposed to tell my family? Oh, come see me in this musical? No, no, keep watching. I swear I'm in it. Look for the old man who never once gets to do a jaunty leap or wear a cool scarf or anything. Hey. Polly, you're going to be great. Yeah, I know, but that's not the point. You know what they say, there are no small parts. I hate to break it to you, Davis. There are. Okay, Polly, I'm going to let you go calm down. Don't stay all worked up, it's not good for you. I won't. I'll get over it. I'll dance it off. This is Polly Dietz with Traffic and Weather, exiting stage left. A couple of last announcements. Pacey Lane is hosting a gallery opening this Saturday from 6.30 to 10 p.m. 
local neo-dada futurist performance art collective the avant-garde more widely known as that eccentric forest commune will be performing from 7 to 8 p.m followed by an unveiling of the newest art from pacey's new drawing class at the rec titled unflattering honesty nude angles on even nuder bodies wine will be provided and encouraged Cakery Bakery got an accidental triple shipment of blueberries, so stop in for every kind of blueberry pastry you can think of, and a few they just made up. The scones and muffins are a hit. The boba tea blueberry style is a choking hazard. Jean Simmons sprained her ankle at the Jingle Bell Ball last week, and she's looking for someone to come by and take her Shiba Inu crackers out for walks. Crackers usually enjoys a 20-minute morning walk and a 30-minute afternoon walk, but Jean will take what she can get. She's hoping to find someone available for the next two weeks, and she's got a hundred bucks and a jar of her homemade raspberry pear preserves with your name on it. Give her a call at 0298. Anyone worried about Rotini can rest easy. The Hansen said he snuck back into his catio on Monday, covered in sap and small twigs, but otherwise no worse for wear. If you're listening on the internet, Marty said he'll give you 15% off of your next accessory purchase at Technobabble if you rate, review, and subscribe. That is for in-person purchases only, five-star reviews only. Valid until the end of the weekend on purchases of $20 or more, cash only, no cards, no change. As always, if you have any pressing news, you can wave me over, drop a note in my porch basket, slip it under the door of the radio shed, or send Marty an email at purgatorynewsonline at gmail.com. Reminding you that Mary Poppins was a nightmare for adults and children alike, this has been Davis Clarence broadcasting out of the abandoned high school radio shed with all your purgatory news, signing off. This episode was written and recorded by Aaron Olson and edited by Stephen Dion. Polly Dietz was played by Michael Coyne.